Alright, I'm going to really be reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the first probably 23 verses. So let's start at 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 1. And Paul writing to the church of Corinth. Now, I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved, if you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believe in vain. For I delivered to you, as of first importance, what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, that He was buried, that He was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures, and that He appeared to Caiaphas, then to the Twelve, then He appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then He appeared to James, then to all the Apostles. Last of all, as to one untimely born, He appeared also to me, and that is Paul. For I am the least of the Apostles, unworthy to be called an Apostle, because I persecuted the Church of God. But by the grace of God I am what I am, and His grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. Whether then it was I or they, so we preach and so you believed. Verse 12. Now if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. We are even found to be misrepresenting God because we testified about God that He raised Christ, whom He did not raise, if it is true, then the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, if we are of all people most to be pitied. But in fact Christ has been raised from the dead. The first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as by a man came death, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. But each in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, then at the coming, those who belong to Christ. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for the sacred scriptures. Thank you that they are God-breathed. They are profitable for us to learn from them. They are profitable to rebuke us, to teach us and to train us in righteousness. So Father, I thank you again for the sacred scriptures. But help us as we come here this morning to listen to them. Help me to be clear and understood. Help me to be found, to be found trustworthy and faithful to your word. So Father, have mercy upon us all. Please, awaken in us a spirit that will hunger and thirst after righteousness so we may be satisfied in you alone and not in these earthly things. Father, help us and forgive us, Father, when we look away from you instead of toward you as we endure 
I'll walk with you in this world. Have mercy upon us. But thank you now, Father, we can come to your word and we can learn from your word, especially this great doctrine of the resurrection. Thank you, Father. Thank you again for your mercy and your grace. Thank you again for your love. We know we don't deserve any of your love. We're unworthy. But you have made us worthy in Christ Jesus alone. Through his blood alone. We are saved and we can cry out to you, Abba Father. So thank you, Father. Thank you and praise you. In Jesus' name, Amen. Well, if I had to ask you what are we going to look at this morning, you should say the resurrection. But the question is, for each one of us, including me, how necessary is the resurrection for the Christian life? How necessary is the resurrection for the Christian life? It's like me asking you the same question. How necessary are trees for the human life? Do we need trees? What happens if there were no trees? What do trees do? They give us oxygen. They store carbon. They stabilize the soil and give life to the world's wildlife. Without trees, we would not be able to survive because the air we breathe would be unsuitable for breathing. If anything, people would have to develop the lovely thing we like is a gas mask. Imagine that. We can't walk around with masks. Imagine gas masks. That's what would happen. Are trees vital to the human life? Yes. Is the resurrection vital? To the human life in the sense of our Christian life, our eternal life? Yes. Jesus said, and he taught this, he said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me shall live. And if he dies, even if he dies. Jesus is the true religion. Christianity is the only true religion. Why? Because Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me shall live even if he dies. Does Buddha live? Does Allah live? What about the founders of all the other religions? Are they alive? No. The only true living God is our Heavenly Father and it's through Jesus Christ, His only begotten Son, that we know Him and worship in spirit and truth. The fact that Jesus has risen and the fact that He is alive tells us the resurrection is necessary for the Christian life. How necessary? Very necessary. And this is what we're going to look at this morning. We're in the right place this morning. It's good we can open up our Bibles and we can search the Scriptures to see how necessary is the resurrection for the Christian life. And this is what we want to look at this morning. We want to turn to this beautiful passage on the resurrection of Christ. And we want to look at three truths, three things, three facts we can say to help us to see how necessary is the resurrection for the Christian life. And hopefully we will embrace these three things and we will take our walk with God more serious and be thankful and grateful for the resurrection. And the first thing we want to look at this morning to see how necessary is the resurrection for the Christian life is 
Our salvation depends on the resurrection. Where do we see that? Well, Paul tells us in verse 17. Look with me at verse 17. It says, And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you're still in your sins. You're still dead in your sins. If the resurrection is not true, then what happens to us? We remain dead in our sins. We actually wouldn't be here. No one would be here this morning. Think about it. What would you be doing this morning? I know. Sleeping in. Probably having a cup of coffee or the rusk and some chocolates next to you. That's what we did before. Maybe God saved us. But here we are because of the resurrection. Jesus died for our sins. He was buried and He was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures. We read that in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. We see how necessary the resurrection is for our eternal life because it brings forgiveness, it brings salvation, it brings reconciliation and it brings spiritual life. It brings about the Christian life. And the beautiful thing is we have this great promise to share with people, to tell them that Jesus died for you and He was buried for you and He was raised for you to have eternal life. And if you tell someone about Jesus and you leave out the resurrection, you have not been faithful to the gospel. That is not the gospel if you tell people about Jesus and you don't tell them about the resurrection. Because I think it's in Romans, if we have to just turn back to Romans chapter 10. And it tells us in, in there, um, Romans chapter 10, For the heart one believes and is justified, with the mouth one confesses is saved. What do we believe and what do we confess? What, what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith. That we proclaim because if we confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead you will be saved take away the resurrection take away our salvation and we are just like an unbeliever out there doomed heading for hell that's what God's Word says that's what I've been asked to tell to share the truth you think about it we say the resurrection is necessary for the Christian life. Think about a rugby player. Think about a flower. He's the guy that kicks for poles. He has a penalty. How necessary are his legs to get that ball over? Necessary. You tie his legs together and you make him run and kick that ball. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. He's going to fall on his face. And that's exactly what will happen to us with our Christian life? Take away the resurrection. We fall on our face. We're doomed. Our salvation needs to be connected with the resurrection. Peter affirms this. I read that in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3 tells us, We have been born anew to a living hope through the resurrection of who? Jesus, our Lord and Saviour, from the dead. And if we don't believe Peter, then we can just turn to Paul and write him to the Church of Rome. Jesus was put to death for our, our trespasses and raised for our justification. What is this telling us? Well, God has approved of Jesus' work 
and suffering and dying for our sins. That his work now is completed, it's finished. Well, we know after the resurrection comes the ascension, where Jesus goes to take his seat next to the right hand of the Father. It is finished. No more. It is finished. He is the one and complete sacrifice for our sins. And our salvation depends on the resurrection. Jesus cannot save a single person without the resurrection. Just like a dead paramedic cannot save a single person who seriously needs his help or her help. How necessary is the resurrection for the Christian life? It's very necessary. Our salvation, our eternal life, our, our, our regeneration, our redemption needs it. Here's our second thing we want to look at. And that is the, the power. Sorry, not the power. The suffering depends on it. Our suffering depends on it. How necessary is the resurrection for the Christian life? Well, our suffering depends on it. What do I mean by that? How does our suffering depend on the resurrection? Well, we need God's grace. This is what Paul wrote to Titus. And he, and he says to Titus, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-control, upright and godly lives in the present age. We need God's grace to work through our sufferings. Our sufferings depend on the resurrection because from the resurrection comes God's grace. Paul affirms this in verse 10 of 1 Corinthians chapter 15. But by the grace of God I am what I am. And His grace towards me do not prove vain, but I labor even more than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. And folks, we know Paul labored for Christ. No man besides Jesus has suffered more than Paul. And you want to get a, a glimpse into how he suffered? We've got to just turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. And there we have a little bit of a sketch. And he says, verse 23, Are they servants of Christ? I am a better one. I'm talking like a madman. With far greater labors, far more imprisonments, with countless beatings, and with near death. Five times I perceived at the hands of the Jews. Forty lashes, less one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I was drift at sea. On frequent journeys, in danger from rivers, dangers from robbers, danger from my own people, danger from Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers, in toil and hardship, through many sleepless nights, in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure. And apart from other things, there is the daily pressure on me of my anxiety for all the churches. Anybody can say that of themselves? Anybody stoned last week? 
Paul labored and he was willing to suffer because he knew the grace of God was with him. It was sufficient to help him. And it was all because of the resurrection. His suffering depended on the resurrection because God's grace came through that. And we still struggle with that. Well, let's just go back to Paul. And what did he do when he had the thorn in the flesh? He pleaded and he asked God three times, remove this from me. And God said, no. And we know what it's like when God sometimes says, no, I'm not answering that prayer. You will continue to suffer. Why must you continue to suffer? Because Paul, because God said to Paul, he told Paul, my grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness. And Paul says, most gladly, most gladly, therefore I will rather boast about my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Therefore I am well content with weaknesses, with insults, with distresses, with persecutions, with difficulties for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Guys, the only time the world sees our love and God's glory is when we are weak. Because then they can see you standing on God's grace and relying on God's grace to help you through. The resurrection provided the grace for Paul to endure his suffering and the resurrection provides grace for us to endure our suffering as well. Will we trust Will we look to Jesus, our high priest, who can, who can sympathize with our weaknesses, who has been tempted in all things, yet without sin? Will we turn to Jesus and trust in Him as we go through suffering? Without the resurrection, our suffering for God as a Christian would be pointless and all be done in vain. We need the resurrection for our suffering. Jesus, like someone said, Jesus uniquely qualified, is uniquely qualified to help us in our weaknesses, in our sufferings. He has risen from the dead. He is alive to help us to stand up to our trials and sufferings, to suffer according to the will of God. Will we? Will we go to Jesus? Will we lean on Him? Or will we be wise in our own understanding? Will we be clever in our own mentality? Or will we humble ourselves? Will we accept our weaknesses? The only reason why I'm a Christian and you should be a Christian is because I'm weak. I depend on God. I depend on His wisdom. I depend on His grace. I depend on His love. I depend on all the heavenly treasures that are hidden in Him. All the spiritual blessings that come from Him. How necessary is the resurrection for the Christian life? Very necessary, especially for our sufferings. Our sufferings depend on the resurrection so that we can get God's grace. And it's important because James tells us in, one, in, in, in chapter 1, verse 12, James says this. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love Him. You love God, you will endure your sufferings, because you want to receive that crown of life, the new resurrected body, when Christ returns. But what else do we need? What else 
is necessary for us from the resurrection. Well, our power depends on the resurrection. And that's our third and final thing we want to look at. To see how necessary is the resurrection for the Christian life. And that is our power depends on the resurrection. Paul tells us, look at verse 14 of 1 Corinthians chapter 15 again. Verse 14 tells us, And if Christ had not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. Because their preaching relies on God's power. Because, because Jesus said to the, the disciples in Acts chapter 1, He said, when you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And when you preach that gospel, power will go out. Because the gospel is, I must not be ashamed of the gospel, because it's the power of God for salvation. First to the Jew and also to the Greek, for those who will be saved. And it's not like you eat and you drink an energy drink and you get that power to run around and, and you go to Germany and get power to lift things. No. It's a power first to keep you humble. And it, and it helps you endure. And where does this power come from? It comes from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives us the power to remain patient when we're in a trial. To remain self-controlled when we're in a trial. To, to remain faithful when we're in a trial. That's the power we need. So we can keep rationally coping and carrying on with life like everything is fine around us. The Word, just going back to verse 14 of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and it says, And if Christ had not been raised, then our preaching is useless, and so is your faith in vain. Your Christian life is in vain. And the word useless can be translated without effect. Without the, without the resurrection, we have no power, and our life as a Christian is without effect. But like I said, we will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon us. Because if there's no resurrection, our message we proclaim and preach is useless, powerless. Our Christian faith is useless, powerless. And the Christian life we live is useless and powerless. It's like trying to fish without a hook, sinker and bait. It's useless. It's useless. The Holy Spirit is given to us to equip us, to empower us, to proclaim this beautiful gospel that we have. And it's all about Jesus. Don't we want people to share in the blessings we share in? We need to be a witness, but we need to trust the Holy Spirit in us to give us and equip us and give us that power to endure. But we also have the power to live the Christian life. We need the Holy Spirit to equip us and to guide us. I think it was, and I've probably said this over and over, and it was, and I think it is, Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones says that if we're not in God's Word, we are a defeated Christian. We will have no power. It's amazing, and, and, and I've experienced this myself. It's amazing. You, you will get through a suffering, you'll get through a trial, and then at the end of the day you want to say, thank you God. But you look back and you know what? It was all me. It was all me. I leaned on my own understanding. I went to so-and-so, and I seeked help. There's nothing wrong with seeking help. There's nothing wrong with going to certain people. But cursed is the man that trusts in man. Blessed is the man that trusts in the Lord. There are times when we have 
all the props knocked from underneath us. And we need to now lean on the power of the Holy Spirit to sustain us through our suffering. Because God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but of love and power and discipline. So that as we go through this suffering, as we go through this trial, we are reflecting His love and His glory into the lives of people. Because people are watching us when we suffer. We tell them about this great God when everything goes well, but as soon as things go upside down, then they're going to watch and see, oh, let's see if you still smile and trust this great God when everything is going well. Let's see if you will keep your eyes fixed on, on Him. Let's see who you will look to. Because we need to be in the Scriptures. We need the Holy Spirit and the Scriptures to equip us, to give us that power to fight this world. We need the Holy Spirit and God's Word to strengthen us. That's why we go to a beautiful passage in, in, in Ephesians chapter 6. And Ephesians chapter 6 is all about the full armour of God. And, and it says there in verse 10, Finally, Paul writes to the church of Ephesus, and he says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the whole armour of God. Why? That you can go around boasting now that you have all these gifts and you do all these wonderful things for God. No, that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over the present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in this heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all, so stand The resurrection gives us the power to stand firm. Because when suffering comes, trials come your way, temptations will come our way. But we should stand and say, it's not by my might, not by my wisdom, not by my strength, but by the power of the Holy Spirit and God's grace and my salvation that I endure the sufferings. And then I see how necessary is the resurrection for the Christian life. And hopefully as we looked at these three things, our salvation depends on the resurrection, our suffering depends on the resurrection because we need God's grace to suffer, and our power depends on the resurrection. We need the Holy Spirit to give us the power, the strength, to endure what we go through, so we can remain with great joy through our sufferings. And hopefully we look to the cross, and when we look to the cross, we are humbled because we know there, because He has caused us to be born again. That's Jesus. In His great mercy, He died on the cross so that He is the one that has caused us to be born, born again, to a living hope, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Who has caused us to be born again? Well, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. The Trinity is involved in our, in our salvation. But we know salvation comes through Jesus Christ alone, through the work of the Holy Spirit, and we do it all for the glory of our Father. So will we look to the cross? Will we not only see Jesus' death on the cross, but we will look beyond that to the tomb to see where he was buried, and then beyond that to the resurrection, according to the Scriptures, on the third day he rose again. 
And then 40 days later, he ascended into, into the heavens and seated next to the right hand of his Father. And then 10 days later, he poured out the Holy Spirit upon the church, the New Testament church. How necessary is the resurrection for the Christian life? Very necessary. You'll see how necessary the resurrection is when you read from Genesis through to Revelation. You will see how necessary the resurrection is for the Christian life. Let's pray. Father, we want to thank you and praise you for your word. But Father, we, we, we come to you and we ask, forgive us for the times we do not trust wholeheartedly and completely in your wisdom, in your strength. There are times when we, when we become very anxious and forgive us, Father, because we are anxious people. But help us to, to come to you in prayer with thanksgiving and make every prayer request known to you so that you, the great God, can guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus and give us that peace. And Father, that peace only comes because of the resurrection. We have everything because of the resurrection. It was so necessary for the Christian life. Help us to embrace this truth. Help us, help us to, to look to the resurrection and just thank you that it's through the resurrection we do not pray in vain, we do not preach in vain, we do not teach in vain, we do not walk the Christian life in vain. Thank you, Father for the resurrection. Thank you, Father, that it comes through the one and only begotten Son, Jesus, who willingly and voluntarily came into this world, into this mess, to clean it up through his one and only sacrifice. He's atoning for us on the cross. Father, we thank you and we praise you. Have mercy upon us, Father. Help us to take these three things that are necessary to see why it is necessary, the resurrection for the Christian life. Our salvation depends on it, our suffering depends on it, and our power depends on it. Please, Father, help us. Help us to go out this building and be challenged to see how necessary is the, Christian, uh, necessary is the resurrection for the Christian life. And help us to be so grateful and thankful that your love will compel us to do things that we wouldn't do otherwise, because we now know how necessary is the resurrection for the Christian life. Pray nice this all in Jesus' name. Amen.